Hi everyone, welcome into the BT Powerhouse Podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit, and I'm your host of the podcast and the manager of BT Powerhouse. Uh, coming to you live here uh, March 12th, 2019. A little morning recording here uh, as I uh, get the day going. Uh, wanted to react. Obviously, a lot has happened over the last... A week or so in the in the Big Ten, the regular season concluded over the weekend. The Big Ten tournament bracket has been released, and the Big Ten postseason awards were released on Monday, the 11th, uh, in the evening. So, a lot to react to. I'm just going to try to hit on on all three of these these topics here. Um, maybe a little bubble talk at the end before uh, end the podcast. But I want to start first with the end of the regular season. Recap a little bit about what happened. Some reactions, thoughts, um, and primarily. Primarily, I want to focus on the title race. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we may talk about the bubble stuff a little bit later, but primarily I want to focus on the title race. So heading into last week, as everyone I'm sure is aware, it was a three-team race. Purdue was leading the standings by a game. Michigan State and Michigan were narrowly behind the Boilermakers in the standings. Uh Considering that Purdue did not have a game against either Michigan or Michigan State in the last week of the season, the Wolverines and Spartans need some help to get back in the Big Ten title race. And, of course, I I apologize for for rehashing all this, but uh, just want to set the scene a little bit. Uh, Purdue follows that up by dropping a game to Minnesota on, I believe it was Tuesday night on the road. Uh, They fall to the Gophers. Big, big win for Minnesota, which I'm sure I'll touch on a little bit later. Uh, But tough loss for Purdue. As a result, uh, the Boilermakers are back in a tie with Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan State follows up that with a win against Nebraska. Michigan had beaten Maryland on Sunday. So once again, we're all tied. Everything's set. Um, And we have two games on Saturday. Purdue goes at Northwestern in the afternoon. And then Michigan State hosts Michigan in East Lansing uh, on Saturday night. So at at this point in the the situation, all three teams can win the Big Ten outright, uh, depending on the results of the games. And they also can share. Uh, Obviously, there could not be a three-team tie because Michigan and and Michigan State played on Saturday night. However, uh, what actually ends up happening, Purdue goes on the road, beats last place Northwestern on senior night for the Wildcats, and grabs a share of the Big Ten crown, um, at least at that point. Potentially outright, depending on the results in the evening. But uh, for Purdue, I, I think this is a huge, huge achievement. Really talks a lot about Matt Painter. Uh, he ends up winning Coach of the Year last night, which I'll touch on the awards here in a second. But um, Matt Painter ends up uh, winning Coach of the Year. I think he absolutely deserved it. Um, the Boilermakers, frankly, in my opinion, had no business <laughs> winning this Big Ten title this season. They returned Carson Edwards, but everybody else was essentially a role player, if that, or a total unknown. Uh, the only proven guy coming into this year, you know, at a starter level, high contributor level was Carson Edwards. I know some people will say, well, you know, Ryan Klein had had shown some stuff uh, last season, but 
he certainly was not going to, nobody thought he was going to step in and replace, you know, Vincent Edwards or some of these guys, you know, who had la- left over the last couple of years. But Carson Edwards returns, uh, and Matt Painter just finds a way. He finds enough contributors around Edwards to get the job done. Klein steps up big. And the big thing Purdue had going for all season, which I'm sure Boilermaker fans take a lot of pride in, is the team was just unbeatable uh, in Mackey. I mean, so good. I, I talked about this early in the season uh, when a lot of people were worried that Purdue was going to end up on the bubble for the tournament, that they might miss it. And I said, you know, one of the major reasons I thought Purdue was going to end up making it is because they had big opportunities at home and they played way above their head at home. And I think that ended up proving to be true, but Purdue improved as well. You know, they ended up, I think they were finished at 10th on Ken Palm, you know, at the end of the regular season. Major, major props to the Boilermakers. That was a, a huge achievement. Uh, winning at Northwestern on its face, not necessarily that big, uh, considering the struggles for Northwestern this season. But winning that Big Ten title, I think, speaks a lot about Matt Painter and his staff. We'll see what they do in the postseason. But I, I think you have to view what most people thought was going to be a transitional season as a huge success for Purdue. So, um, of course, after that, there was, there was another game in the Big Ten title race, which was on Saturday night. And Michigan goes in. Charles Matthews does not play. They get ahead early. Uh, I believe they led by six, something like that, at halftime. End up uh, falling apart, we'll say, in the, in the closing minutes of the game. Michigan State pulls ahead. The Spartans end up sweeping the Wolverines. Uh, uh, similarly, I, I don't think Michigan State, you know, a lot of people are talking about how this was such a great coaching job by Tom Izzo. This is such an overachievement. Uh, I think a lot of people are forgetting, you know, Michigan State was favored by the media coming into the season. They were expected to win the Big Ten regular season title. Obviously, they ended up doing just that. I think this is a, a certainly a good on-court coaching job by, by Tom Izzo. And the play of Cassius Winston down the stretch was just unbelievable. Uh, so, so good. And they end up grabbing a share of the Big Ten title as well. So your two champions are Purdue and Michigan State. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I want to jump back for one second. You know, I, I don't want it to appear as I'm trying to minimize Michigan State's achievement, anything like that. They had a great season. And frankly, I think right now, if you had to bet on a team to advance in the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten, I think Michigan State would probably be the bet right now. You know, they have that that really experienced point guard playing at a very, very high level. They're so good in the pick and roll. Their defense, particularly second half defense, has just taken a step forward. They're playing so, so well. And I, I realize they just lost to Indiana uh, a week or so ago, but the Spartans are a, a really good team, and I, I think they might be better poised to advance deep in the NCAA tournament than anyone. So, great season uh, for Michigan State. You know, they get to raise the banner for the Big Ten title. They get to beat Michigan. Um, but as I was saying, I just I don't want us to, to build a narrative here that that isn't true. You know, Michigan State did come in as the preseason favorite. 
they end up delivering on it as far as the Big Ten regular season title is concerned. We'll see if they can live up to the the hopes and expectations for the postseason, Um, but certainly great season for Purdue and Michigan State. And and finally, to touch on Michigan for a second, obviously a a disappointing finish, losing to Michigan State, missing out on the Big Ten title. Um, At one point, you know, Michigan was what 17 and 0 they looked like they had the inside track to the big 10 title you know michigan state struggling a little bit uh purdue was still in bubble range at that point um to be honest i i still think michigan's a really good team i still think they had a really good year i think the fact is is ultimately what was the difference is they were one game behind Michigan State and Purdue in the Big Ten standings, and I I think the game you have to circle is the Penn State game. You know, Michigan goes on the road, they lose to Penn State. Purdue went there, they went to overtime, but they won. Um, I believe, and I don't have my notes in front of me, so I forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe Michigan State went to Penn State and won as well uh, earlier in the season. So, to me, if you're a Wolverine fan and you're disappointed in not winning the Big Ten title, I, I think you have to look at the loss to Penn State. That, that was a game you should not have lost, and I realize Penn State's playing really good basketball right now, and we'll touch on them in a second, but that's the game that cost Michigan the Big Ten title You know, when all is said and done. And I realize Wolverine fans are going to be bummed they lost to their in-state rival twice, but at the end of the day, you know, you you drop a game to Penn State. The Big Ten title race is not won uh, in a single game. Um, it's won over a 20-game stretch, and a lot of it is about consistency, night in and night out, not losing games you should win. And look no further than Purdue. I think you can make an argument Purdue didn't lose a single bad game in, in Big Ten play. And some are going to talk about that Minnesota loss, but Minnesota, probably an NCAA tournament team on the road. I, I don't think that's a bad loss, in my opinion. But uh, that's that's really what it's about. I mean, you look at Michigan State and Michigan, they both lost to relatively underwhelming teams, I would say. You know, Michigan State swept by Indiana. Michigan loses to Penn State. If they don't lose those games, those two teams are easily, far and away, the Big Ten title uh, contenders and favorites. But that's what the Big Ten title race in the regular season is about. So... Just wanted to put a couple finishing touches on that. You know, congrats to Michigan State and Purdue on on winning the the title. Um, And for Michigan, they'll have to lick their wounds and and hope to rebound in the Big Ten uh, tournament. Moving on next to the postseason awards. Uh, Not a lot of strong reactions this year, to be honest. I, I generally agreed with the awards. Cassius Winston is player of the year. Matt Painter is coach of the year. Um, I'm trying to think freshman of the year is uh, Iggy Brasdinkis from Michigan. I agreed with all those picks. Those are the exact players I had. Um, I know there was my my first team all Big Ten list was Cassius Winston. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking here. Cassius Winston, Carson Edwards, Ethan Happ, Lamar Stevens, um, and... Uh, Shoot, I'm I'm blanking here. Uh, well, I've I've tweeted it out. If if you're curious, I, I apologize. I'm I'm on the go here, so I don't have my notes in front of me. But I believe Iggy from from Michigan might have been the fifth, might have been the fifth one. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, and I I apologize. I've been swamped here, but um, 
generally, like I said, I, I didn't really massively agree or, or disagree with, with any of the awards this season. Um, I, I thought the freshman of the year was pretty clear uh, for Iggy for Michigan. I thought um, the player of the year was pretty clear for Cassius Winston. I know Purdue fans were a little upset Carson Edwards didn't get more hype, but I actually thought Ethan Happ would have been the runner-up, in my opinion. I thought Carson Edwards kind of faded down the stretch a bit, uh, got a little bit too ball-hoggy, um, put up a lot, of, a lot of bad shots down the stretch. But all of them are great players. I, I think all of them have had great careers at their respective schools. But I thought Cassius Winston, his play over the last 10 games or so was just phenomenal, uh, particularly those two matchups with Michigan in what had been a really, really good defensive team in Michigan, Cassius Winston just shredded them. Uh, he is the reason that they won those games without a doubt. So, uh, I and I apologize. I'm I'm so disappointed. I can't remember my my fifth player off the top of my head. Uh, but like I said, those those were my my picks uh, as far as that were, was concerned. Um, not not a ton of re- hot takes as far as the uh, player awards are concerned. So. With that, I'm going to move on to the Big Ten Tournament bracket. Uh, the bracket was released on Sunday evening following the conclusion of the Ohio State-Wisconsin game, which the Badgers ended up winning. Uh, your seeding scenarios, generally speaking, Michigan State is the one seed, Purdue is the two seed, Michigan is the three, Wisconsin's the four, Maryland's the five, uh, Iowa is the six, Minnesota's the seven, um, Ohio State and Indiana are in that 8-9 game. Penn State's the 10th. And then uh, Nebraska, Rutgers, Illinois, and Northwestern will be the bottom four seeds, and they will play on Wednesday afternoon. Obviously, you know, given the Big Ten standings, given how the tournament is set up, you know, there's there's not a, a ton of surprises. You know, we kind of know what's coming weeks ahead. Um, things that I, I think are interesting about the layout of the field. Um, for me, there are two teams that I'm I'm really interested in, in sort of seeing how things play out for. The first one is Wisconsin. I don't know what what happened over the over the last month of the season, but it's like everybody forgot about Wisconsin. Everybody forgot about how good the Badgers are. The Badgers are 12th on Ken Palm. They're a really, really good team. Um, I think you can argue, you know, on a neutral court we obviously, you know, they haven't been slotted against an opponent yet simply because they have the double bye, so we don't know who they're going to play yet on Friday afternoon. But there's a – I don't think they're going to be a major underdog, if at all, in, in any of these upcoming games. I mean, they get – most likely they will play Maryland on Friday. They're going to be favored in that game if that happens. Um, and certainly if Maryland gets upset by one of the – Wednesday winners, the bottom four Big Ten teams, Wisconsin certainly going to be favored in that game. And then should Wisconsin advance to play Michigan State, that's going to be a narrow spread. You know, Wisconsin is not drastically behind Michigan State. So I think Wisconsin, you know, could be a little bit of a sleeper pick here in the bracket. You know, obviously Michigan State, considering, you know, they're coming off a big win, uh, they won the Big Ten, they're, they're going to be getting a lot of picks from a lot of people to win the tournament, and rightfully so. They, they are the number one seed after all, but 
Uh, I I just I think Wisconsin's a little bit better than I think people are giving them credit for, and I would say just look no further than the, the basic Ken Palm ratings. I mean, Wisconsin is a spot or two behind Purdue. Purdue's the two seed. Wisconsin's the four. I mean, that's essentially equivalent from a a Ken Palm perspective. So I I think my point here is I think Wisconsin has gotten an over overlooked a little bit for whatever reason. I'm not sure entirely why. Uh, maybe because they fell out of the Big Ten race, but I think the Badgers are, are a very serious contender there. The other the other team I'm, I'm really interested to watch is going to be Penn State. Now, everyone knows uh, I've, I've been very critical of Pat Chambers on this podcast. I've been very criti- critical of him across the inter- internet. Um, and I still maintain that position. Uh, frankly, I, I, I think this, barring an epic run in the Big Ten tournament, I think this is going to end in another disappointing season for the Nittany Lions. They don't have a shot at the NIT, and they don't have a shot at the NCAA tournament without an at-large bid, which to me, when you're talking about the length of Pat Chambers' career um, at Penn State, that's a disappointment. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I can't put it any other way. Uh, simply put, for me, at some point, you have to actually deliver. Um, it, it can't be hope. It can't be, you know, exciting finishes, etc. But that aside, there is no denying that Penn State has been playing really, really good basketball down the stretch here. And to put that in perspective, uh, I've, I've talked about T-Rank on the, the podcast before. And the thing I love about T-Rank over Ken Palm and... I, I talk about Ken Palm a lot. I uh, I kind of compare Ken Palm and, and T-Rank are sort of the the Pepsi and Coke of <laughs> college basketball advanced stats. Uh, they're going to give you your basic info. They're going to tell you a lot about, about your respective teams. But one of the things I really like about T-Rank is you can separate specific segments. So I can do the last 10 games. I can do, you know, this date to this date instead of just the overall season. And Penn State, they opened Big Ten play 0-10, didn't win a single conference game in their first 10 outings, which obviously pretty pretty rough go of it, I, I would say, right? I mean, if you can't win a single conference game in 10 tries, that's pretty disappointing. Statistically, that is not a very likely outcome. So to do that, you've really struggled and you've really fallen short in a lot of key games. But if you um, sit back and look at uh, what they've done since then, since they went on the road and beat Northwestern, the date of that game is February 4th. So since February 4th through the present, Penn State is not only playing like one of the best Big Ten teams, but they are actually eighth nationally in efficiency. Eighth. (laughs) Yes, uh, you you heard that right. Number eight. They are above Michigan State. They are above Tennessee. They are above Duke, above Florida State. I mean, there's a lot of teams they're above. And that is over. I mean, we're talking 10 games. You know, we're not talking a, a weekend, a week, something like that. No, we're talking about 10 games, a huge hunk of the se- season, excuse me, uh, where Penn State has just been really, really good. So I, I think you have to 
really sit back and think that, you know, we're talking about a team that arguably is playing like a top 10 team nationally. That's the 10 seed in the Big Ten tournament. First off, yeah, got to feel bad for Minnesota. <laughs> what a tough draw as a seven seed. The, you know, quote unquote favorite in terms of seeding is they're an underdog in their first game against Penn State. And frankly, I'm not even sure if the, the basic underdog stuff on Ken Palm is reflective of how big of an underdog they actually are. And the reason I, I say that is because, you know, Penn State, their Ken Palm advanced stats type numbers are are honestly being kept down artificially because of the the poor play early on in the season, which you know it, it counts, it matters. That's why Penn State isn't an at-large NCAA contender at the moment. But with that said, you know they're playing at a very high level right now. They clearly trended up. As I mentioned, you know, over the last month or so, uh, really, I guess five weeks, Penn State's playing like a top 10 team nationally. So that game right there, Penn State to Minnesota, very bizarre where the 10 seed is that big of a of a favorite just on initial glance over Minnesota. And certainly, you know, the Gophers have pulled off some big wins this year, so don't underestimate them. I think they can, but... Uh, at this point, you have to think Penn State's probably going to advance out of that game. And then, you know, they get Purdue, who they took to overtime earlier in the season. Who knows from there? But so I think the, the two big storylines for me that are really intriguing about this year's Big Ten tournament, outside of the general, you know, who's going to win? Can they get a one seed? Can they get a two seed, et cetera? The general stuff um, are really those two storylines, you know, Penn State specifically um, and uh, Wisconsin as well there. I, I, I'm intrigued to see them. But uh, outside of that, a couple of the specific games that we already know are going to happen that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, the first one, um, Wednesday, I think that Nebraska-Rutgers game, really intriguing matchup for a lot of reasons. And I know that's a Wednesday game. People have been pretty critical of the Wednesday games since they were added to the Big Ten tournament. You know, a lot of people complain about the crowds, say that it's dead, say that no one cares, etc. Whatever your thoughts, um, Nebraska is in a really interesting situation coming into the Big Ten tournament this year. They're probably not a legitimate at-large NCAA tournament contender at the moment, but... I, I do think there is a reasonable shot if they make it to Saturday and certainly if they make it to Sunday, I think they have a shot at getting in as an at-large team. Maybe Lenardi and, and some of the other bracketology folks disagree with me. That's my opinion as far as where the Huskers are concerned. And obviously, a lot of pressure on Tim Miles. Uh, Nebraska fans are, are really have been disappointed with how the team has performed overall this season. Um, there's a lot of rumbling that should they not make the NCAA tournament, which at this point you have to think they're going to miss. He will not be back next year. But we'll see. Long ways to go. On the other side, Rutgers really having a legitimately a literal record-breaking season for the Scarlet Knights, at least since they've joined the Big Ten. Uh, they've won a lot of games in conference play, uh, set their all-time record as far as Big Ten wins. 
Last year, they had some success in the Big Ten tournament, pulled off a big upset of Indiana, really put Purdue on the ropes there for a little bit. Um, I believe that was a Friday game. Uh, So the Scarlet Knights, they're a dangerous team in the fact that they play really good defense. They're really good at mucking things up, so to speak. And to me... If you're looking for teams that can pull off crazy upsets that they have no business pulling off, look for really, really good offensive teams. Look for really, really good defensive teams. Because if they get a matchup or two on the other side of the ball, um, and for Rutgers, who's a defensive-led team, if they get a matchup where they can get the offense going, they're good enough to compete with basically anyone out there. So I, I think the Scarlet Knights are definitely a dangerous team here if they... The winner of this game on Wednesday is going to face Maryland, but both sides, I don't think either is a clear favorite in this game. The Huskers are favored by Ken Palm, but I think this is a very even game on paper. You know, you have hot seat implications. As I mentioned, I think Nebraska still has some faint, very faint NCAA at-large hopes, um, but I do think they exist. Uh, so you have that sort of going, and then you have the Rutgers storyline of a, a upstarting team potentially a program that's going to ascend in the years to come we'll we'll obviously have to wait and see on that but that that's something that i think is going to be interesting to follow on on wednesday and then on thursday the game everybody's going to be talking about indiana ohio state both teams are solidly on the bubble right now if you're a believer in joe lenardi on espn he has ohio state currently as the last team in the field indiana as the first team out of the field so this is literally the edge of the bubble, according to him, which I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and say I think Joe Lenardi is necessarily the, the gospel when it comes to bracketology, but to give you an idea and some perspective as far as where things are sitting right now, both of these teams, um, this in a lot of ways looks like an elimination game. I think both can get in regardless of what happens, depending on, of course, what happens to the other bubble teams, what happens across the country. Um, you never know. There's a lot of basketball left to be played for the Big Ten and for everyone else. But if you do sit back and look at it, this feels like an elimination game. Both of these teams are very even on paper. Uh, the Hoosiers, according to Ken Palm, are, a, I believe, a one-point favorite in this game. So, I mean, this is this is a pick em game. It could go either way. Uh, and then you have two weird wild-card things here where uh, since... Rob Finnessy has come back for the Hoosiers. They've re- had a resurgence. They beat Wisconsin. They beat Michigan State. They've won four straight, uh, or four of their last five, I think. Um, going back, I'd, I'd have to look back at my notes. But Indiana has won a lot of games here uh, down the stretch. And Ohio State has sort of tailed off. However, the Ohio State's struggles are, are pretty easily correlated with uh, Wesson. Uh, leaving the lineup, and he's expected to be back for the game on Thursday. That makes Ohio State an an entirely different team. They're totally different uh, offensively. He Really, I I think the offense feeds out of Caleb Wesson, and I think for Indiana, that that really changes the opponent they're facing here. I, I think, honestly, you can make an argument the Buckeyes are undervalued based on their advanced stats because um, Wesson had had missed so much time here over the last couple of weeks. But the reality here is I I think this is an elimination game for the NCAA tournament. 
I think the two teams are very evenly matched. Um, and then additionally, you have the interesting element that Indiana swept Michigan State during the regular season, who is the team that's awaiting the winner of this game. Uh, so Indiana-Ohio State playing the 8-9 game on Thursday. The winner of that game will get Michigan State on Friday. So Indiana, they, they're undefeated against Michigan State this season. Uh, so obviously that's that's a game the Spartans may want for revenge, but they also may be a little bit worried about as well. So, I mean, you have that potential factor sitting there. You know, Indiana moving on to face a team that they've probably had some success Uh, or excuse me, they've had success against this season, and certainly they're going to be confident about playing. And then the likely matchup for whoever wins of that Michigan State uh, game on Friday, you know, again, assuming theoretically it's Indiana who advances over Ohio State, just for purposes of our discussion here, the most likely opponent of that semifinal on the top half of the bracket will be Wisconsin who Indiana also just recently beat. So you have Indiana, they get Ohio State on Thursday, and then they have a potential route here where they could get teams that they're undefeated against this season all the way to the championship game, um, which is kind of a, just a wild quirk of, of how things have, have ended up in the tournament. But, again, it, it puts into perspective what I think is the biggest overall t- point and my takeaway as far as the bracket's concerned. You know, the Big Ten, we've talked about this. It's loaded this year. The Big Ten is the best conference in the country from top to bottom. I think the Big Ten has a number of very, very legitimate second weekend contenders in the NCAA tournament. I think the bottom of the Big Ten has really taken a huge step forward. And I think you're seeing that when you look at this Big Ten bracket. Uh, There aren't a lot of clear picks you know, clear teams that you think are going to advance. Because if you look Wednesday's games, uh, Rutgers and Nebraska just talked about it. It's a total coin flip, in my opinion. Uh, then Illinois and Northwestern, which is the late game on Wednesday. Illinois looks like the favorite in that game. They're probably going to advance. However, Northwestern certainly has shown it can be feisty this season. It just knocked off Ohio State. Uh, in the last week or so of this regular season. And additionally, Illinois has struggled significantly over the last couple of games, and their overall record certainly is not super impressive. So, I mean, that game certainly could go either way. I, As I said, I, I think Illinois is probably going to win, but it could go either way. Indiana-Ohio State, you know, starting Thursday's games, Indiana-Ohio State, total coin flip. Just talked about why it's a coin flip, why it's so unpredictable about what's going to happen. You move to the next game, which is Maryland. You know, if they play a desperate Nebraska team, uh, who knows? You know, Rutgers is a team that I I think is dangerous because of that defense. And then the third game, we talked about Penn State's the lower-seeded team, yet they're flat-out favored. Um, And then the the final game, which will be Iowa against most likely Illinois, potentially Northwestern, Iowa has really struggled down the stretch too. So, I mean, I don't think you can say with confidence, you know, and with an absolute statement here that any team is guaranteed to make it to Friday other than the the double by teams, obviously, who are seated into that Friday uh, slate of games. But, and I mean, to even go a, a step further there, you know, I'm sure there are some Terp fans here saying, you know, hey, 
don't don't forget about us. You know, we're a top twenty team on Ken Palm. We're we're playing on Thursday against um, either Nebraska or Rutgers. You know, we we should be favored there. I agree. I, I think the Terps will be favored, but they have they have lost some some games to some underwhelming opponents. They lost to Illinois earlier this season. Additionally, I this is something I've talked about heading into the Big Ten tournament in years past, but I am a firm believer that the teams that win on Wednesday have an advantage for the games on Thursday. And what I mean by that is they've already played. They're warmed up. Uh, they've already won a game. You know, they're they're feeling confident. They know the sight lines of the arena. They're comfortable with the floor. They're comfortable for where they go for warm-ups, where the locker rooms are, etc. Um, I, I think that is something that uh, doesn't get talked about a lot for the, the Thursday games. I, I think the teams that have already played one game really have an advantage. Now, the disadvantage, as we've seen in years past for those Wednesday teams, is if they manage to win on Wednesday, win on Thursday, and then play on Friday, is that's I think that's when the fatigue sets in. When you get to your, uh, your third game of the week, you know, three days in a row, I think that's when the fatigue starts to set in. And I think we've we've seen it a lot. You know, we've seen Penn State uh, in years past win on Wednesday and, and make it to Friday. Rutgers last year, I know, made it to Friday after starting out on Wednesday. And I think you see it a lot in the second halves. You know, the, the team's playing well, they're shooting well, but the legs sort of fall out down the stretch. But for that that second day, I don't think that fatigue factor really really plays into it. You know, they've only played one game. They had a, a, essentially at least four or five days off, most likely. Um, so I, I think that's an advantage. And you look at potentially Nebraska playing against Maryland. You know, that that's not an, a colossal colossal deficit as far as the advanced stats are concerned. You know, that spread's going to be relatively close, and Nebraska will have. Again, theoretically, assuming they do beat Rutgers, which I don't think is a lock at all, uh, Nebraska would have already played a game. So I think that game has upset potential. I think all of the first two days all have upset potential. And then after that, you know, we can't say what any of those games will be because, you know, we don't know if Indiana's going to advance, Ohio State, or Maryland, or whoever. But you look at even Friday's games. If if you just advance some of the the teams out down uh, into the Friday games, you know we talked about Indiana. Indiana swept Michigan State in the regular season, so I don't know how we can sit here and say Michigan State is a lock to get to Saturday if they have to play the Hoosiers because they've already lost to them twice this year. Uh, Wisconsin, theoretically, them playing against Maryland, the Terps are totally capable of beating the Badgers on on Friday. And then you look at the the late slate of games. Penn State is playing like a top 10 team right now. They they play Purdue potentially on Friday. You're telling me a, a top 10 team can't beat somebody on a neutral court? And I I understand Penn State's not a legitimate top 10 team because they haven't done it for a full season, but I mean, think about that. A team that's playing at a top 10 level for five weeks or so you're telling me can't beat somebody on a neutral court they absolutely can and then michigan if iowa ends up advancing to that friday slate of games which certainly is possible the hawkeyes beat michigan and they're only meeting 
earlier this season. So, I mean, there's reason to think all of those those top four seeds could be upset. Now, do I think all four will go down? No. Do I think even half? Probably not. Uh, generally speaking, usually one goes down, maybe two. But um, it's possible. And, and that, I think, it really speaks to the depth of the league this year. There's so many good teams. There's so many storylines. There's so many great players. There's so many guys who can just elevate their game in a specific matchup. So I, I think the Big Ten tournament is set for an awesome weekend, or excuse me, awesome week of play. Um, I'm excited to see it. So we'll have a lot of coverage here over the next couple of days. Please check out btpowerhouse.com. We're going to have profiles on every team's potential route to the Big Ten Tournament title, um, what to expect, etc. Previews for, for all the games, recaps, etc. So we're your place to come if you want Big Ten Tournament coverage. With that, I want to move on to the, the final topic of today, which is some bracketology talk and sort of where things have are sitting at the moment. I've already talked about a lot of the bubble teams, so I, I won't rehash all of that stuff. But just briefly, I, I want to talk about where I think things are sitting coming into the the Big Ten tournament and what to expect. So I want to start with the teams that I I think already have locked up bids. Um, Let's start with, I think, all the top um, five seeds have locked up bids, and I don't think there's even a shadow of a doubt that they're all going to make it. And that would be Michigan State, Purdue, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Maryland. I think all of those teams are absolutely in the field. I think anybody who tells you otherwise uh, is just ludicrous at this point. So all of those are safe bets. They can all lose their first game in the Big Ten tournament. They will all hear their names called on Selection Sunday. So that's those five teams. Moving down, I, I think you have two teams that are solidly in at this point, barring something just colossal. You know, we're talking every crazy at-large team making a run, bid stealers galore for the mid-majors, stuff like that. But teams that should feel pretty confident, and if they win at least a game in the Big Ten tournament, they are absolute locks. And those teams are Iowa and Minnesota. I think both of those teams are that close. If either of them, you know, if they win a game in the Big Ten tournament, they're going to hear their name called on Selection Sunday. So I I think both of those teams have great chances of making it into the field, which gets us to seven. The next couple of teams I I think are are really interesting. The two that I I think are absolutely on the bubble, I've already talked about Indiana and Ohio State. I think, frankly, um, they need to win a game to, to feel good at all about their chances. And even if they win, they might miss out. Uh, that's just a simple truth depending on what ha- happens elsewhere. But generally, I, I think if whoever wins that game on Thursday should feel relatively good, I think they're probably going to make it in if they win. If they lose, they're going to have to sweat it out. Um, I wouldn't feel very confident whatsoever. I, I think the team that loses on Thursday between Indiana and Ohio State will probably miss. As I said a couple times, I think that's an elimination game. So I think those two teams are on the bubble. Uh, Moving from there, teams, uh, I think everybody else has no shot at an at-large bid except for Nebraska. 
I think Penn State has no shot. Uh, Northwestern has no shot. Illinois has no shot. Rutgers has no shot. I, I think Rutgers, if they, if they made a deep, deep run, they could potentially get into the NIT. But I, I don't think any of those teams are going to be playing in the postseason, barring, again, Rutgers making a run to the title game or something, um, or just flat out winning the Big Ten tournament, which shouldn't come as a surprise. But the one exception to me is Nebraska. And the reason I say that is... As we go into big the Big Ten tournament, Nebraska currently above 500. Obviously, their current win total is not good enough to get them in. Um, and if you look at the bracketology posts, they're generally not even listed in the first eight teams outside the field. Hard to disagree. Huskers uh, have not been good down the stretch. They've lost a lot of games that maybe they should have won. But and not only should have won, but uh, were uncompetitive in, in a lot of games as well. So Husker fans certainly not feeling good about, about where the team is sitting at the moment. However, I think if you sit back and, and look at Nebraska's route uh, to winning the Big Ten tournament and or you know getting to Saturday or Sunday, they're going to have to win some, some major games uh, to get there. And if you look at... Where Nebraska is sitting. First off, they'd have to beat Rutgers, who world beaters, no. But Rutgers has, is is relatively solid. Um, that's going to be a, a resume win. Not a, not a huge one, not a huge one, but one that at least is going to boost their profile a little bit. Sure. After that, Nebraska would have to play Maryland. Maryland has a good resume. Just talked about the fact that I think Maryland's a lock for the NCAA tournament. That's a top 20 team on Ken Palm. That will flat out be a resume win on a neutral court uh, over the Terps. Yeah, that's a good win. After that, on Friday, if Nebraska is able to pull off the first two wins, Wisconsin. Wisconsin has a great resume. Uh, a lot of people have them slotted as a top four, uh, you know, a four seed, maybe higher here and there. Um, but that, that would be another resume win. You're talking about adding uh, a minor significant win against Rutgers and then two really solid wins. Those were I think both of those, maybe I'm wrong, um, and I apologize if I am, but I, I have to believe both of those would end up being quad one wins for the Huskers on a neutral court. Then after that, if they make it to Saturday, you're likely talking about Michigan State. Now I understand a lot of you are probably sitting back, why are we even talking about this? The idea of Nebraska beating Maryland, Wisconsin, and Michigan State in successive days is crazy. The odds certainly do not favor it. I mean, we <laughs> I can't deny that. But should the Huskers beat Michigan State at that point, you're talking about adding four wins to their resume. You're talking about adding three that would be colossal, quad one, really quality wins on a neutral court. And then if Nebraska lost to, we'll say, Michigan or Purdue, I think that's an NCAA tournament resume. I think that resume is probably better than Indiana's at that point. It's definitely better than Ohio State's at that point, most likely. Um, and I, I think you have to sit back and say, like, um, as I was saying, that uh, that that should be enough. So I, I think there is an at-large route. Unlikely, yes. I mean, Nebraska's playing on Wednesday. Odds are they're probably going to go home on either Wednesday or Thursday because that's what most of the teams that play on Wednesday do. But 
I, I did want to mention it. So as I said, I, I think there are five NCAA tournament locks in the Big Ten. I think there are two that are very, very likely. Um, and then I think there are two more, Indiana Ohio State, who are firmly on the bubble. And then I think there's one crazy at-large team that, that would need a real, real impressive run to, to have a shot, but likely going to end up end up in the NIT or missing the postseason altogether. But with that said, I am going to wrap up the podcast here. Uh, as I mentioned, my name's Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at tbendit. Um, lots of coverage on BT Powerhouse this week for the awards, for um, uh, the Big Ten tournament, the postseason, etc. So check us out, and thank you all, and we'll see you next time.